This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements, helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by Allstate, American General, John Hancock, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello and welcome to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm Larry Cohen, the head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're certainly glad you could join us again today. Well, today on Ringler Radio, we're going to be talking with the incoming president of the Massachusetts Bar Association on the organization's 2014 agenda and the benefits to belonging to a bar association and changing the way society sees plaintiff attorneys. And our special guest today is Attorney Marsha Kazarosian from the Kazarosian Law Offices located in Haverhill, Massachusetts, right near Boston. Marsha leads a team of attorneys concentrating in civil rights litigation, family law, and discrimination law. She's received accolades for several landmark cases, making case law with precedent-setting issues in areas such as gender and disability discrimination. And as mentioned, Marsha is the president-elect of the Massachusetts Bar Association taking office in September 2014. She's been active in bar associations across the state and was selected one of the top women attorneys in Massachusetts. And uh, she's also been featured in the April 2013 issue of Boston Magazine. So welcome to the show, Marcia. It's good to have you here. Well, thank you, Larry. It's so great for you to invite me. I'm, I'm excited to do this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, terrific, terrific. Well, first of all, congratulations on your being uh, elected as the next president of the Massachusetts Bar Association. Tell us about some of the priorities for the Mass Bar Association this year and what you'd like to see accomplished during your term, uh, which begins next September. Certainly. Well, um, this year, uh, President Doug Sheff and the officers really together have been focusing on the protection of families and consumers. And Doug has had some wonderful initiatives. One of them is the Workplace Safety Task Force. And he's been reaching out to the legislators and advocacy groups and doing a lot of work in that regard. Um, Another one of the the MBA initiatives this year that's carried over for the past years and that will continue to carry over because it's an important issue is the issue of the underfunding of the courts and how it affects access to justice and how the two go hand in hand. Um, I think in my year and uh, continuing the initiatives of the past officers and presidents, going forward, I see the MBA's focus uh, more on what's happening now to address the concerns of the many new law school graduates out there who aren't finding a job, who are strapped with incredible debt, mm-hmm. and I think who are getting frustrated and disappointed in the system that allowed this to occur. So, you know, in my year, although I think I'd love to be able to find the answer and implement it and it'd be all okay, I'm not certain that's such a reasonable expectation, but uh, one of my priorities is going to be to start asking the right questions mm-hmm. in order to find the answers. And, to reach out to you know not only the more experienced of our members and educators and legislators, but also to the newly admitted lawyers who have so much at stake. Sure, absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about your law practice, Marcia, and, and how that's going to guide you in your role as president of the Mass Bar Association. I'm sure there's some connections there. Well, my practice has been 
now that I think about it, the past 31 years, wow. uh, seen, I know it's, uh, you, you don't realize how many things you do to you think back about it and think <laughs> exactly. about what you've experienced. And it's seen a lot of evolutions. And I've been really fortunate, uh, over these years to have had several concentrations, um, you know, starting out in criminal defense, the state and federal courts and went to domestic relations and real estate going into discrimination and civil rights and lately, doing SEC whistleblower actions. So I think that that experience over these years, being so eclectic, it helps me understand and empathize and associate with many different practice areas, all of which are represented by the MBA. And also I've served as president of the Essex County Bar Association, as president of the Mass Academy of Trial Attorneys. So I think that also gives me a good appreciation for the bar's volunteer associations and what their role is in our everyday professional lives. And finally, I have two sons who are recent law school graduates, so I think I'm naturally attuned to the concerns and problems that these young people face today. So I think that gives me a good, well-rounded experience. No no question about it. Well, that's a tremendously diverse background you have, and and some of those executive positions you've held, uh, I can't think of a better person they they could have chosen for this role. What what are some of the... Thank you. Yeah, well... it's pretty obvious to me, but what are some of the common trends you're seeing in the legal community today, Marcia, that uh, that you sense are, are going on? What are the, what's the commonality among some of those trends? Well, I think that when I think about that, the commonality probably is the in very increasing number of pro se litigants, which sort of drives some of these trends. So that in one regard on the trend, and the other is the changing technology. So I see um, that there is uh, an increasing issue of access to justice for these many unrepresented and underrepresented individuals who need assistance, but generally can't afford a lawyer. So, for example, the Mass Bar Association has worked with the court system to educate lawyers and to sort of embrace the limited assistance representation programs where a lawyer can help a litigant navigate the process and certain limited issues on a case without having to be required to do a full representation, which is costly, and most people can't afford it. Um, I think we're also seeing a trend away from the big mega firms now and more toward the smaller or solo practitioners that, Mm -hmm. you know, outside of the bigger cities, which is almost back to where we were years ago when I first started. My father practiced law and I came into his practice. We were more of a general practice, helping the people navigate through, you know, an incomprehensible system sometimes. I think the economy drives those trends. Um, Sounds like it's back back to the future, isn't it? It, it, you know, it is a little bit. I mean, I, I don't want to think of it as a, a triage lawyering, but in some ways, sometimes it is because um, you have people who have many, many needs and not enough resources. It probably hasn't changed from 50 years ago, but you see, you know, the trends in the economy, you see more people looking uh, to talk about employment cases or right. uh, now you have intellectual property law. There are a lot of great different things that this evolution of science and technology and economy come together and drive the system trends. Well, in the, speaking of trends, uh, on television and in a lot of the movies, uh, attorneys are often portrayed in a negative light. You have those stereotypical uh, attorneys right. that, that the public is seeing. In, in fact, as I've heard you say before, lawyers are the last line of defense for <laughs> consumers and the public. How are you turning the tide of misconceptions about plaintiff attorneys in our society into a more favorable uh, perception for the public and uh, I'm sure that's one of the things you also want to do on your agenda as you move forward. 
Oh, absolutely. Well, you turn the tide one client at a time, <laughs> or one person at a time, I suppose. Well, at first, I'd invite people to watch good movies, things like Inherit the Wind or To Kill a Mockingbird, right? right because exactly. that's what lawyers really do. But I always go back to that Shakespearean line from, what is it, Henry VI, that says, first thing, let's kill all the lawyers. And I say that that's the highest compliment anyone could pay to a lawyer. And people have misinterpreted it and used it as an offensive remark, which it isn't. Because, and that's not unusual, because you really have to twist the truth to make lawyers look bad. But in that remark, Shakespeare recognized that in order to promote tyranny and incite chaos and fear and take over the, you know, England, you had to get rid of the lawyers who are the advocates and the protectors of justice and enlightenment and the champions of free thought and will. So the best way to turn that tide is to educate the public about what lawyers do and the need for advocacy, you know, and the privilege that we have in our country. We have the rule of law. We have the right to freedom of speech and the right to counsel and jury trials, and we don't get that without lawyers. Well, you know, I I like your interpretation of Shakespeare there. That's a a better twist than than what you normally hear, so that's good. Right. Well, that's the real interpretation. Yeah, that's that's good. I I think our audience is, uh, is probably hearing that. It's for the first time, because I think most, most people who take that phrase out of Shakespeare want to twist it the other way. So that's a good way to look at it. Well, let's take a look at technology within the legal community. And how are attorneys adapting to that technology within their practices and using it when it comes to their cases? I know technology is just rapidly expanding uh, among every profession, but I'm sure uh, you're seeing it uh, very much in yours. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think one of the, I mean, there's good and bad, of course, of any technology, there's a flip side of both. Mm-hmm. Um, the good side of it is nowadays, um, you know, the solo or small practitioners are are not excluded from what the bigger firms had, which was all the online research and the information at the fingertips. Uh, now you have it, uh, everyone has it. Um, for example, the Mass Bar Association has a free case maker for all the um, our members, and it provides you with so much at your fingertips that you never had before. Uh, You can reach out to people in different ways, Facebook, Twitter, but on the other hand, all of those social media um, uh, platforms provide a lot of fodder if you're representing someone um, because some of these people can't stop themselves from putting, you know, everything that happens to them out there for the world to see. I mean, I remember having a client one time who had to, before uh, contacting me, decided to put everything that happened when she was pulled over for OUI Hmm. onto her Facebook account. I mean, these are the things that people don't think about. And there's also the issues of client confidentiality, just with emails. Uh, it's you, you learn as the good and bad happens. Um, you have e-filing now. Uh, you're going there with the mass the state superior court, federal courts and e-filing. So there's good and there's bad, but it's, lawyers have to keep up with it. The mass bar has a lot of programs to help with that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other associations too. So, well, uh, we'll we'll talk about some of those programs in a minute. But it's it's clear that. Uh, you're speaking at this point, let's say, from the plaintiff's side. If if you look at the defense side, they're constantly looking at Facebook pages of witnesses and of claimants to see just just how you know how different their Facebook page looks from what they're alleging happened in whatever incident no, they're dealing with. You know, it's it's a fascinating thing that uh, I think the public needs to kind of get their hands around because uh, I'm sure it's hurting some of the cases that you're trying to pursue. But. Oh, no question. But let's talk about education and training uh, of lawyers. Uh, w- w- tell us what the Mass Bar Association is doing for members uh, in that area. 
Well, uh, Larry, we have education programs in virtually every practice area. They're usually sponsored by the sections. Mm-hmm. Or the, uh, uh, and they're not only provided live, but we have them archived. They're uh, on-demand so is what we call the program, where if you can't make it to that program, you can just go online and do it at your convenience. And so, some of them are also uh, streamed. So we're making it easier for people to become educated and continue their legal education. Um, a couple of years ago, President Dick Campbell um, asked me to co-chair with Jeff Catalano, another officer, um, the um, Task Force on Mandatory CLE for Massachusetts Lawyers. We're one of the four or five states that doesn't have mandatory CLE, but I have to tell you that what I learned from that is that Massachusetts lawyers have a lot to be proud of because when we go to a program, we go because we want to learn. We need to hear about this subject. We're there um, for the information and the education, whereas sometimes in some of the other states that have the mandatory CLE, people go at the last minute because they need to make their credit up. So when we're going, we're doing it with a purpose and there we want to learn. There you go. That's, yeah. That sounds that sounds right. And uh, I know in some, other, in some jurisdictions they're going for the cocktails, but that's different. <laughs> well, the other thing I do want to say before I forget to say it is Massachusetts, and it was recently announced by the SJC, um, the Mass Bar Association is one of the four providers that's been approved to give the practicing with professionalism course now that all new admittees who have been uh, admitted to the practice after September of 2013 have to complete this one-day course within 18 months of uh, being admitted. And the MBA is one of those providers and will be providing our first program. Uh, in January. Super, super. All right, well, let's take a quick break right now and uh, come right back in a minute, right here on Ringer Radio with Marsha Gazerosian. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio from Ringler Associates, the leader in the structured settlements profession nationwide. Did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler Associates works with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. There's a Ringler Associate in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experience than a Ringler Associate. Check out our new website at www.ringlerassociates.com for the best information for claimants, legal professionals, and claims personnel, and to find the Ringler Associate nearest you. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best financial plan. You can count on Ringler Associates to structure a customized plan that meets the needs of you and your family for the future. Visit RinglerAssociates.com to learn more. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. I'm joined by my special guest, Attorney Marsha Kazarosian, the uh, incoming president of the Massachusetts Bar Association, and she'll be taking office in September of 2014. Marsha, let's talk a little bit about giving back, and uh, how does the Mass Bar Association give back to the community now? And I know there's uh, opportunities in pro bono work and charity work. Tell us about that. Well, we do a number of things, Larry, I can tell you about a couple of them. For mm-hmm. example, this past Saturday, um, the MBA assisted with the Christmas in the City's Thanksgiving turkey drive in Boston, so oh, we gave out uh, you know, food baskets to more than 600 families. Um, 
We have several ongoing community-based programs. We have a mock trial program. It's in its 29th year, actually, um, where lawyers and judges go into the high schools and do the mock trials, which is an educational program as well. And we have the Dial a Lawyer program, uh, Elder Law Education, Tiered Community Mentoring. We do a number of things in addition to the pro bono resources that we offer. Well, that's terrific. I also hear that the uh, Mass Bar Association was active in uh, helping victims of the of the Boston Marathon tragedy. Is that that's also true? Uh, yes, absolutely. Yes, we did. We were actually we offered legal assistance to the victims of the bombing uh, bombings at the Boston Marathon, uh, and we also uh, provided uh, financial assistance as well. Well, Marsha, let's talk about membership. What are some of the benefits of being a member of the Mass Bar, uh, and how are you spreading the word about the Mass Bar Association? What, what methodologies are you using for that? Well, there are a number of, of benefits, Larry, um, not the least of which are the educational programs that I spoke about. We have referral and mentoring opportunities. We've got free online legal research with Casemaker. We do a lot of advocacy up in the Hill on behalf of the profession. Um, we have volunteer and social events, networking opportunities. We provide discounted services, and we pr- provide what I think is the most important thing, and that's uh, one-to-one and in a group um, face-to-face interaction with other lawyers, more experience, less experience, which is something that you lose a lot nowadays. Well, sure, and how about the mentoring of new new lawyers? Folks coming out of law school, uh, passing the bar, they're looking to bar associations and other groups to really kind of help them along. Uh, how, how does the MBA address those areas for the new lawyers? Well, we have a very active mentoring program where we have more experienced lawyers who would be matched with a less experienced. I don't like to use older and, new, and younger because it's generally <laughs> sometimes not that way. But <laughs> we, we have people in every practice area, more experienced lawyers who are very happy to help out and mentor uh, less experienced lawyers in that practice area because the way we look at it is it, it is if we can help someone else do a really good job, it makes us re- look really good too. No, no question about that. And, you know, it's funny when you talk about older or younger lawyers. I can remember when I was the youngest guy in the room, and now I, I don't want anyone to refer to me as the oldest. So it's, it's I know, wild. what happened? Yeah, I don't know. Me it's, too. I can't, I can't figure it out. I, I always say I look out of the eyes of a 22-year-old person until I look in the mirror. So, I mean, what, what am I going to tell you? All right. <laughs> and so, then you go, what the heck happened? That's what, what happened, I exactly. Well, one final question, Marcia, to wrap up our conversation What's your number one goal for the 2014 term as you take the reins as president of the Bar Association in September? As you sit there today in uh, November of 2013, project ahead. What's one of your major goals? I probably have about 50 number one goals, but I'm not going to say them all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to be realistic. Well, generally, let me tell you, and I've always had this goal, even when I was president of the Essex County Bar and when I was president of the Mass Academy of Trial Attorneys. And that is to maintain the collegiality and respect among and for lawyers and to continue to do the great work that our officer team at the MBA has been doing for the many years past. We have had always one goal without exception, and I think that's to continue to be a partner in the excellence of Massachusetts lawyers and to evolve so that the Mass Bar evolves side by side with each new generation of lawyers that they enter the profession because we want to maintain our relevance and we want to continue to help us all be the best lawyers that we can. So in general, that's how I'd probably describe my uh, goals for my coming year. Well, it sounds like a, a very uh, productive year ahead, and uh, I wish you all the best. It's, uh, it's great to have you on the show here. And if someone wanted to get in touch with you, Marcia, uh, how would they do that? Well, I have a website, uh, www.cazerosian, that's K-A-Z, 
A-R-O-S-I-A-N.com. I'm in Haverhill, 978-372-7758. Well, that's terrific. And uh, all of you out there who are listening, you can reach any Ringler Associate on ringlerassociates.com. We're all over the country, obviously, and the website is terrific. You should take a look. Uh, And you can hear every Ringler radio show, including this one, by going to ringlerassociates.com, ringlerradio.com, or legaltalknetwork.com. Or you can even go to iTunes and download it uh, and listen as you're walking uh, in the park. So with that, Marsha, again, congratulations on uh, the new uh, chairmanship of uh, the Mass Bar Association. And also, good luck in your uh, future. Uh, It's been great talking to you. Thank you so much, Larry. It's been wonderful. Terrific. All right, go out and have a great day, everyone. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. With over a million listeners, Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements. Visit ringlerassociates.com today.